0: Okay, it's recording. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, all. <laughs> um,
1: this is Toasty Talks. Uh, this is actually a special talk that we're going to give about Brielle and me. Hang on, uh, we are the co-hosts and founders of Toasty Talks, and so far, it's been about four, uh, five weeks, and we've done talks on various subjects with our peers. Once a week, at our home, every Wednesday night. It's been a really, really interesting experience thus far. Um,
0: but we thought it would be good to talk about our experience so far mm-hmm. and like, come back to why we're doing this and talk about it a little bit for ourselves and for you guys, whoever's listening. It's okay. It's okay.
1: Um, so, yeah. So, my name's Haon. And I'm Brielle. Uh, we're studying graphic design at RISD. We're both juniors. Brielle's a mini-senior.
0: <laughs> we both transferred to RISD um, last year in the fall. And I came from MICA in Baltimore. And, and you were studying? I was studying printmaking before.
1: Uh, I came from Temple. I was studying journalism in Philadelphia. Um, so hang on. Where are you from (laughs) originally? Uh, Well, I'm Korean. I was born in California, then I moved around the States for a long time, and then I've been living in Dubai for the past eight or nine years. Now I'm here.
0: In Rhode Island? Yeah.
1: I had like a a semi-short stint in Germany, and then Philly, and then Rhode Island. What about you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where am I from? Well, I mean, I'm white, since you started with the, I'm white. Pretty, I'm, I'm really white. Um, but I'm from the east coast of the United States. Um, I've lived in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Florida, Maryland, and now Rhode Island. Mm. So, all up and down. Um, and that's a pretty limited experience, but it's alright. Florida's different than everywhere else. (laughs) And I haven't spent that much time there, but... It's about the
1: desire to leave and explore. (laughs) (laughs) You have no control over the former years of your life.
0: (laughs) Yep. Now I, yeah, I would like to go live somewhere else. Not the East Coast. Um,
1: so, I thought, yeah, let's talk about why we started Toasty Talks. Um... Brielle and I both have a pretty big interest in, like, getting in tune with our community and sort of, like, exploring various areas outside of our own major. Um, We're really passionate about, like, talking about things or doing things that make a difference. Um, And what happened was that when we first—the beginning of the semester, we were sitting in my apartment, and we ended up just talking a lot because we have no Wi-Fi in my house which was the thing we did on purpose <laughs> to keep ourselves off the computer um and it was really, really nice, like having this kind of discussion and uh for the first time, like we were having these long like hours of just like talking about different topics, and it was so varied and broad and from my own experience, I used to do these things called hot spots back in Dubai, which is where we'd like gather a bunch of youth and we'd talk about a topic, and it was really fun. So, when I told Brielle about that, she really jumped on board, and she was like, "That's I mean like, you can probably speak for yourself, but
0: uh. yeah, um, I was sort of inspired by quite a few different areas of life like i'm I'm typically very quiet around peers and have a hard time injecting myself into conversations because I'm so bored with what everyone's saying, like basically." It, all everyone talks about is graphic design, or um, like the weather, or oh, what's your major, or how's this class you're taking? And I just like don't care to talk about it. I'd rather much yeah talk about things that I find important in the world now, um, and have opinions about things instead of just this is my graphic design life and that's my whole life and that's it. Um, But, yeah, I think I've talked a few times about um, my mini-trip to China, and I don't want to, like, speak for what China's about, because I was only there for two weeks, but um, in comparison to my experience in the U.S., um, I felt like here we preach freedom a lot and freedom of speech and all of this, I don't know, yeah, like, oh, freedom, (laughs) yeah! And I just, like... Never understood it. And when I went to China, it was like the government actively squashes people from forming groups and being together against the government. And I sort of had taken for granted my experience of being able to think about how much I hate the American government and like talk about it, you know? So it was just like, why aren't we? spending our freedom of speech talking about things that are important. Why are we talking about the weather? And why are we talking about that class that we're in that sucks? Like, (laughs) I just can't get into that kind of conversation anymore. So this space has turned into a really great place of talking about things that are important, regardless of whether it's something you know a lot about or whatever like you just want to know
1: it's very interesting and like especially like a college environment because you judge your peers usually like one faceted like oh that's a graphic designer that's a printmaker that's all there is about that person so getting to know people past their specified interest in like graphic design for instance has been really interesting um I definitely feel like so many people especially because RISD has a pretty large international community and they have a lot to share from like their own backgrounds and experiences, especially as people who have come to America f- from their own country, like right. seeing how they see America has been really interesting. Um, also for me, since I've been out of the States for, the, for like a good eight or nine years, it's been super interesting to like come back to different issues that I weren't aware of before, like before we were going to the racism talk. Mm-hmm. Even though I was born and raised in America... Like, I had no idea it was still that bad. And, like, and then next week we're going to have um, one of another participant talk about embracing self and others and what it is to embrace yourself. And so I think, yeah, there's a lot that we can, like, take from our peers. And it's, I think that providing that platform for peers to connect with each other on things other than art is a super good, just, like, resource for each other.
0: Yeah, I want to bring up um, critique for a little bit, um, mostly because we've talked about this a few times, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Mitch Goldstein. Um, his podcast, Through Process, talks a lot about critique and how it's changed over the past few years and turned into this like cult of personality personality blah, blah, blah. But you should definitely listen to his podcast. Also, he, like, totally promoted us a little bit, so. Oh, so, that was so exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think another thing that Toasty has done is created a space outside of critique where you can talk about things that you're interested in. Because a lot of times when I make work in class, there is something else behind it. Like, the content is important, and if I make a feminist piece, There's a whole context of feminism that I can't talk about in critique because it would take, like, three hours to really hash it out. And Toasty has sort of turned into a space where it's outside of critique and it's an experience where you're talking about the subject you're working on. And you don't have to worry about, like, whether everyone in class wants to talk about this or, like, if you're offending anyone because sometimes that that sensitivity... In, in class and with a teacher around is to, I don't know, there's something weird about it when you talk about your work. So the, the critiques, instead of being about the content and how you're presenting it, turns into this color you're using is wrong. Or, like, that typeface is inappropriate. Or, like, you should move that over three pixels because... And you're just like, really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know. Not to turn this into a whole graphic design critique podcast, but, like, <laughs> it's definitely, like, as graphic designers and we're trying to communicate a message, sometimes I feel like we need to talk about that message. Yeah. And yet a lot of our peers focus mainly on the aesthetics, which is fair, I think. I mean, we're in design school and that's what we're learning, but... Like, I just, like, sometimes I want to just take that context out of the discussion and sort of, like, talk about the content, and this is, like, a discussion I was having with one of my teachers about, like, what is the difference between a liberal arts education and a design education, and why are they different, and why can't they be the same thing? Like, why can't we have, I don't like, discussion on, like, ethics, you know, during design class? Uh,
0: Well, I've heard a lot of the classes that meld, like, it's half liberal arts, half whatever, like, project you want to do. I've heard, I haven't taken one, but those classes are, like, a defining experience for people in design school, because, like, you are learning in depth about a subject, and then making work about that subject. Like, you, it's more in tandem with what happens in the real world. Mm. Like, here we're just kind of, like, thrown, like, oh yeah, make a social poster or something, and then you have to, like, within a week, just like scramble and like come up with an idea and it's teaching you to be creative on the spot but not to like become really interested in what you are presenting as information and I think that what we're doing is creating a space where you can become interested in that information before you make work about it. Mm and i think that's an important aspect of design school that's yeah. kind of lacking right now. That's
1: definitely. Like this, that's definitely one of the biggest concerns that i have as in like we are creating messengers but we have no idea what the hell we're like sending <laughs> out into the world. Yeah, yeah. Like that i think needs to be really addressed. Like i feel like i mean i don't i was reading Debbie Millman's book on, on like where she interviewed a lot of great designers and i don't, don't i think of Milton Glaser but he said that one of the most important um things that a designer needs to know how to do is write. Yeah. And uh the thing is a lot from what I've seen, a lot of our peers don't write at all or no. read or like read a novel. Like they mostly read like articles or magazines or just look at pretty pictures. Which is like fine, it's okay. But I think that being informed is like half the battle of being a great designer. Cause yeah I agree. I mean, people can use trend lists all they want, you know, like, so...
0: Well, isn't there this sort of, like, movement of the aesthetic is dead anyway? Where, like, everything is so over-designed or under-designed that, like, we're just craving for non-design? Like, I just want... White sheets of paper, like Insta where you just download a pre, <laughs> a, like designed article and undesign it so that it's easier for you to understand. <laughs> I've like, never heard of this. Oh my god, it's so good! You just um, like Insta Paper, you download it and then it just sets it in normal type on white background. What?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna check this out. It's really great.
0: <laughs> it's like that's another
1: good point because I actually um, talked to a friend of mine. Who is a senior in graphic design? And he was talking about how sick he is of hearing people saying that they want to design a great book. And not that, I don't think he's saying that book design is dead or that print is dead, but he's more concerned about the fact that people aren't taking into consideration the smaller details of our life that we easily overlook because they're not as glamorous. Like he was talking about, he would like to see a really well designed PDF one day, you know? Like, because mm-hmm. like we read so many things online, but yet the text is like, crappy they're all like justified and there's giant gaps so like just like taking the more like necessities of our life and making those well designed in a way that isn't like oh look at me look at what I'm doing isn't this cool kind of thing and also like another girl in our class um she was talking about how when over the summer she was um working for the an office in New York for like um I and mean, She was like proctoring exams and stuff like that But she had to like deal with a lot of documents And they were just like so badly designed And she would like to see those like documents That everyday people have to look at for like hours at a time To be well designed
0: Yeah, it is like, little things that you just want So badly To be nice Yeah Like even stuff like soap <sighs> Like you go to the store and there's like such badly designed soap And you're like eh, Why does this suck? <laughs> you know, yeah. But what if, like, the whole world was just like white stuff, and it just in the same thing, the same type, just said the brand on it, and then it was all about the product <laughs> and not about what color it was. And yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of scary, though. It'd be scary, but wouldn't that be such an interesting project to do? Just like, turn this entire supermarket into just white labels, <laughs> <laughs> all the same type. <laughs> Don't use this. This is my idea. <laughs>
1: <you> <laughs> RISD's lawyer is going to promote this.:
0: um, So yeah, going back to
1: like uh, content, I think that, like hopefully through Toasty, there will be some sort of output at the end of the year. Like right now, Toasty is part of our um, class open research, um, but With we definitely yeah
0: him at Hammett- Neurosy.
1: Most, one of the most awesome teachers at RISD. But like, we yeah, want to take <laughs> we want to take the uh, Toasty Talk and do it beyond just the classroom and, like, carry it on until we leave. And then the dream is that hopefully somebody else who, like, will be here after us will carry it on. Um, because I think that RISD kind of needs a space for these kind of conversations. And, like, I don't know what the future is of it, but... It's gonna be, it's, like, so far, it's been so interesting, like, the feedback that we're getting, um, the quote-unquote attention <laughs> that we're receiving <laughs> from, like, our peers and our our teachers who, like, say they listen to the talk and that they're really interested in helping us out or they just, like, talk to us about different things. I think that there's definitely, like, a hunger for this sort of conversation. There um, is. Yeah.
0: And just for, like, different ways of pr- presenting content, like, this podcast quote-unquote podcast. It's mostly just us talking about stuff and we just record it, but um, I guess that's technically a podcast. But we're we're all so used to coming in with print or web things that when someone's like, I'm just going to record a conversation, then people are just kind of like, mind-blown, like, this is work? (laughs) You're going to school and doing this? So there's just an interest level beyond like oh you just made a book about it mm. every day someone comes up to me and is like hey you're doing you're doing that podcast right and i'm like uh huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's me <laughs> and it's kind of crazy like yeah. we just kind of did this on a whim in a way it was like split second decision wasn't it like tuesday night it was on yeah and then it, the class was wednesday and we're like uh. <laughs> this idea last night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were like we had like we were remember Hammett like like was uh pointed at me to present my idea first? Yeah. And I was
0: like, uh (laughs) I (laughs) don't (laughs) know That was really funny. Yeah.
1: I mean I think that this is definitely one of the most interesting projects I've ever worked on. Especially because I come from a liberal arts background studying journalism. Which is all about content. Like there's nothing else besides the written word and the content. And so this is something that I've been I I've been wanting to do. And ever since then, like ever since this happened, I feel like so many different things have been like coming together. Like different like doors are opening. I'm definitely learning a lot about RISD and like our peers.
0: But also like about myself. Mm-hmm. Like, um we talked a few times about how like you and I just happen to be designers that are interested in content and this has sort of like really solidified it for me like I'm interested in listening to this conversation over and over again because like the content is really good and I learn more about my peers and the people that I'm surrounded by and I think we're also finding people who are whose interests are in line with ours like that that aren't interested in The kind of design that gets praised Mm. in our department like they're interested in the content also so it's kind of like not creating a cult but creating a cult (laughs) of people who are just like really interested in what we have to say as designers versus yeah trendless or bright colors (laughs) which are great i love bright colors yeah i mean
1: we've made new friends we've grown closer with our teachers and it's definitely only going to get more interesting from here I agree (laughs) it's like I don't know I'm still mind blown that our our previous graphic design Toasty Talk got more than 200 views I mean listens yeah me me and uh, Brielle were jumping around and we got like 100 (laughs) and I was like oh yeah yeah 200 that's cool (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, like, I think another thing is that one thing that personally for me I'm focused on is, like, diversity of conversation. Yeah. Because definitely as graphic designers, we have a tendency to make everything about design.
0: And everything is about design for us, but not everything has to have the title of graphic design on it. And I think it's kind of telling that that's the one that got the most views because it's, like, shows how graphic designers are so just, like steeped in graphic design (laughs) like (laughs) that's the only thing you read about and listen about and it's like there's so much out there that's interesting what's another interesting thing that i realized
1: or yeah came to the realization of is that a lot of the students here are starting to say that they wish that they had done a liberal arts education and then gone to graphic design yeah because the thing is graphic design is more like the door through which you go to something else and then a lot of people don't know what that something else is it's like we have the tools to express ourselves but we have no idea what we want to express and I think that's one problem like one of the biggest problems in my opinion about our education here is that like we're not the teachers aren't pushing us to explore that which I guess I don't know if it is their responsibility as design teachers but I definitely feel like when students don't know what they're passionate about, because I don't think graphic design can be, like, I don't know, like, I don't, if, I don't know, can it be a passion? I think, like, making things pretty and making things design well is, like, a, a very big interest, but what are you designing, what are you saying, I feel like, like, that area needs to be so well nurtured and supported through our education, I feel
0: I think you can be passionate about straight up design. I think that there are people in our department that are, and what'll happen is twenty to thirty years from now, or like maybe even just ten, they'll realize that they're not saying anything anymore or like they're not they're like making amazing work, but it's not gaining any interest because it's not posing an opinion, not relevant, yeah yeah, and I think a lot of great designers are passionate about design first and then get to the point later in their career where they start, like, making stuff with the social aspect in mind. Um, But uh, to your point, I think that's why the dual degree program Mm. with Brown is so strong, is because those kids are forced to be interested in something that's not art. Mm -hmm. Like, they... I don't want to say forced, because, like... They chose to do that program and it's very rigorous and obviously they're interested in other things. But like it allows this in tandem education where they're doing something with design Mm. or with whatever painting or whatnot. So like they're learning stuff which they can apply to their painting or to their drawing or to their design. And it's not that we don't get that because we get liberal arts classes that we have to take. But they're treated as, "Oh, you have to take this." Yeah, and you don't get to yeah. choose like a path in liberal arts. You don't be, aren't like, "Oh, I'm really interested in feminism, so you don't get to take a feminism class every semester. You get what's left over if you're a sophomore.": No arts, just like, yeah, it's definitely not taken seriously enough. I think a
1: lot of liberal arts classes here seem more like not a joke. But, like, they're just, like, things to poke fun at sometimes. Like, they're just, like, very niche concepts that aren't, like, things that you can, I don't know, like, grow through. They're just kind of, like, yeah, check this out. Check this out. They're so scattered and there's no, like, system behind it, I feel like. Which is why I think that another really, like, one of the main reasons that RISD's liberal arts education can be strong is because of Brown. Yeah. Because, like, I'm taking a class at Brown in literature and I think it's one of the best classes I'm taking this semester and I definitely feel like that should be pushed more I don't like
0: I don't know it's hard to speak like that for all art schools I mean we're lucky that we have Brown I mean Micah has Johns Hopkins but it's hard to get there because there's like a moat of bad area you don't (laughs) want to walk through and you know they just got rid of the bus service so Mm -hmm. it's like A lot of art schools have those opportunities, but they don't say it, and they aren't selling it well. Like, even though... I'm sure there's a way you could talk to the liberal arts office and be like, I want to have a path in liberal arts. Mm -hmm. And they would probably be thrilled, because they probably don't get any students (laughs) asking them if they can have a path. And I'm sure they would recommend classes at Brown, or whatnot. I don't think they're that pretentious about it. Mm. But... I don't know. They could make sure that you get in the classes you want to get in. Yeah. But it's hard. It's really just difficult to get people motivated. We should have a talk about
1: liberal arts education, I feel like, one of these weeks.
0: Maybe.
1: I think, yeah. Getting to know people are interested in beyond their major would be a good idea.
0: But yeah, every day I'm like, why am I... Why am I here? Why aren't I learning things that are important?
1: I think everything that we're learning is important in some way. I just think that we need to find a way to apply it so that it becomes meaningful and important to us. Like, I know... I don't know. Like, with this whole making meaning class, I'm finally doing a project that I really love, and it's like... Because I think what it's all about research for me the researching and like going and talking to administration and finding things out I feel like a detective (laughs) like it's so fun and uh I think yeah like just turning every project into something that becomes meaningful is so important like I think it's great to do projects about yourself and projects about landscapes
0: I judge so hard when people do that, though, when their project's all about themselves. (laughs) It's
1: hard. It's hard not to judge them. (laughs) But, like, from our point of view, it's, like, for them, it's just, like, a visual... It's, like, trying to find out a cool way to represent any information, I feel like. Yeah. I've I've heard students doing projects about ceilings, um, (laughs) projects about emojis and stuff like that, but I guess, fingers crossed, they'll all find a way to make anything meaningful. And But I just feel like sometimes I wish the teachers would stress that you should make your project meaningful. Like, make it something that adds value to your intellect and not just to your portfolio.
0: Oh, and to the world. Sometimes I feel like um, there are teachers that will be like, what does this mean to someone who isn't you? Yeah. And I think that's an important question that needs to be asked by more of our professors. I think Hammett asks that sometimes. But, um, yeah, like, I remember my first years in graphic design, and, like, yeah, every project is about myself, because, like, that's all I know, and I barely know that yet, because I'm 21. Finally! Finally.
1: (laughs) Her birthday is yesterday. Two Two days days ago. ago.
0: Two days ago. It's okay. 5th of November, if anyone wants to send me a card. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but,
1: (laughs) torrent of fan mail just yeah. like unexpectedly <laughs> appears.
0: I would love that. Um, I don't remember what I was saying.
1: Um, you're talking about a oh. project about yourself.
0: Yeah. And like, I think maybe sophomore year, it's fine. Like, sure, you're still figuring yourself out and like you're figuring out what you're interested in in graphic design and I think it's fine to, yeah, do a few projects where it's like, I'm mapping myself or like, I'm writing down a journal every day of the things that I do, and it's like, okay, that's cool. But unless you're like taking that and applying it to something that's important in the larger community or for other people, then it's it falls flat. It's just like, you yeah. did it great? Yeah. But the, like, like Daniel's project, he does. He's doing um. Mapping himself in a way where he's, like, tracking his steps and tracking whatever, but he's making it accessible to the greater community. And, like, yeah, sure, there's a trend in, like, health apps right now, and that's cool, but he's taking the information that, or something very personal, and making it something everyone can use. Mm. It's not about himself. It's about himself making his process for other people. And I think that's the distinction
1: What's interesting is that graphic design education is always transforming. yeah. And I think that with this kind of insight, it'll only get better. Like, I definitely want to become a teacher at one point in my life. Same. And so... And, like, us being more vocal about these thoughts are also important. Because, I mean, the institution will never change unless the students talk back. So, I think it's important to have these conversations with our teachers. like. I feel like at RISD, especially, there's a lot of just, like, bitching (laughs) going on all the time amongst students, like, amongst themselves, though. There are some students who just complain 24-7. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, it's fine to have complaints, but let's talk about it. Like, let's be constructive about it. Let's talk to our peers. Like, And I think that also the institution has to be willing to listen.
0: Um, Yeah, I think that's also a big problem, is the power struggle, where... um Students' opinions aren't taken seriously, because it's like, well, you're just a student. You don't know how the administration works, and you don't know how to get everyone to be behind you. But I think what's really good about the graphic design department right now is that it is in flux. Like, Mm. we just got a new department head, and he's changing all of the classes, and we do have input. We can make it better for people who are coming in next year as graphic design majors. Like, sure, it's probably going to stay the same for us and we're at the tail end of a long (laughs) string of people who've taken making meaning. But um, we have the input, or we have the ability to give our experience Mm. and, like, why it's not relevant in today's world. Because it is different than when RISD was founded or when the Bauhaus happened, which is, like, what our curriculum (laughs) is based on. Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> like, we're still doing Bauhaus stuff in the internet age. I mean,
1: I don't really know much about how the, I don't know. Like It's just, my, like, an archaic Yeah, Yeah, like, I understand, system. like, the foundational year thing and everything. I think there, there's value in it, but definitely, like, with graphic design, as like, such a new field and something that's constantly changing. Yeah, a lot more needs to change from that. I feel but what, I've, what I was, what I wanted to say was that I think that with the one advantage that we have is that graphic design most of the graphic design teachers who are like younger or like did a liberal arts education first are very open to change and I because th- like their major is always in change they're always just trying to keep up with everything so I feel like a lot of them have a better understanding of where we come from when we discuss these kind of things with them I definitely have and some teachers email us saying, like, I want to get involved or, like, I want to talk to you about these things that you're concerned about, which is awesome. I think yeah. that's incredible that they've been, like, listening to us and, like, I think we have, we do have a mindset of change within our department, which is really hopeful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's just a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And finding time, because everybody's so busy, but, I mean, if you can find time to listen to this podcast, <laughs> maybe <laughs> we can sit down for it, and do it all over again. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, I think what we're doing is a really good thing for not just us. Yeah. And we'll keep going.
1: And um, to the people who are listening, uh, we'd love to get your feedback. Love, love, love. So, like, like, shoot us an email or leave us a comment. Um, Let us know what you think, if you have any suggestions or anything, if you want to get involved. We'd love that. Yep. So thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah. And we will speak to you guys next week.